Mercier. Welcome back to the Simple and Purpose podcast. This is part two of a coaching conversation I have had with a mom named Laura. So as you know, I'm a life coach for moms and I'll be upfront. When people ask me what I do for a living, it does feel a little bit weird to tell them I'm a life coach, though I will definitely say I love my job a lot more than I loved my past career as a health inspector. But when I tell people I'm a life coach, there's questions. What does it mean? What do I help them with? Do I need one? <laughs> and I will share with them that I'm here to help the moms who want to enjoy motherhood, the moms who want to show up for it, the moms who want to show up for it with peace and purpose and present. So I'm here for those moms who are rolling through motherhood in their days, feeling overwhelmed, feeling low-key angry, feeling frustrated, confused, exhausted. And I do this because that's what I needed over my years in motherhood, because that has been my journey and that is my heart to guide other moms past this. So as you've been listening to part one of this call in the last episode, you heard us go through the first step in moving forward, and that is awareness, paying attention to what is happening, what you don't want, how it's impacting you, how you might avoid it. It's kind of like getting very clear, pinpointing where you are. Let's say where you are on a map. There I am. I'm right there. And now where do you want to go? So in this call, we're talking more about where you want to go, setting a destination, and we use our values and our vision to set up our destination, where we want to go. In this part of the coaching call, we talk mostly about values, but you can also hear Laura sharing some of her vision for her motherhood in this call as well. So let's jump in to part two. And so let's just play on that too more. How will you know that you have the relationship you want with your daughters? That's a good question. Um, how would I know? I guess that they would seek me out, um, be, I would feel connected to them, feel like they know that I accept them and that we are acknowledging each other. Um, they can tell me whatever they need to tell me. Um, they trust me. I trust them. So I guess a lot of like open, um, want like desiring time together Mm -hmm. would be you know, all this I want to set up as a foundation Mm -hmm. for like long-term because like I mentioned earlier in my notes that I've seen my own mom and my mother-in-law go through like, I don't want to say losing their kids, but you know, they're growing up and they're moving out and they're doing their own thing. And like, it looked so painful. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I've never really thought about it until I have heard them speak about it and they've both given me books kind of about it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh man, like I need to prep for this. Um, so I think a part of that is like trying to develop this really close connection with my girls because I, I want to be friends with them when they're 30, you know, I want them Mm -hmm. still to come around when they're 30 and I want to help them with their kids. So it's kind of just really encompassing a big chunk of my life because I, I see how it plays out or how it could play out for a good or bad. Mm-hmm. Right. And when we see that and we start to worry about it, naturally, we're going to look for ways to control that, ways to manufacture it. And like you say, you're even doing it now where you're controlling schedules and you're planning in order to create this relationship. But at the end of the day, their relationship with you is going to be up to them 
but you get to decide how you show up. You, you won't get to decide what their outcome is. If they seek you out, if they trust you, if they want to spend time with you, that's going to be completely in their own, in their own mind, in their own thoughts, in their own feelings. We really can't control that part of the outcome. The only thing we're in control of as parents is how we're showing up in our own parenting. Mm-hmm. You don't have that control over their outcome, but you have control over you and what you do. Yeah, that's true. And I think I can kind of see that. But when you said manufacturing, I think that's me like really going hard on controlling what I can. Like I want to be around mm-hmm. and I want to be super fun. Right. Like if I set this as a default mode of how they have to do life, then they're just going to stick with it. Right. Yeah. And really, that would be nice if that always worked for all the parents everywhere, but we know (laughs) (laughs) that your kids are complete, unique human beings with their own Mm -hmm. world and their own wants. And think of, think of how they'll act as teenagers. Think of all the seasons they're going to come through in their lives where they're going to figure out what they want their relationship to look like with you. Mm -hmm. It won't be easy, but all you get to do in that time is still show up as the mom you want to be. Mm-hmm. That where you would start is like just trying to figure out who I want to be as a mom instead of what I want our relationship to look like, because that would just be me. How I want to show up as a mom would be more of just myself and what I can control. And then the relationship would be um, like pertaining to something that I can't control, which would be like their half of the relationship. Yeah. Their part in the relationship will always be up to them. And of course, when they're younger, you can have these conversations and encourage it. And then as they get older, they're going to challenge it and make their own decisions. But you still being like, in all of those years, I did what I felt like was necessary to move me towards this trusting and connected relationship I wanted with them. What Mm -hmm. kind of values would you bring into that? into your parenting right now? Oh man, values is like a scary word for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, use a different word. (laughs) Whatever word feels good. (laughs) Um, What kind of values, what kind of values would lead to a connected and trusted relationship? Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like trust goes both ways. So you know, if I want them to trust me, I am going to have to trust them too. So mm-hmm. like trusting again, that they are free to love, you know, who they will and want to. And that like, if I'm open with my trust and then it will be reciprocated, reciprocated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trusting. And it sounds like you also have the value of, I don't know what the word is, but being there for them. Like you, oh, okay. you want to be reliable. Yes. Yes, I do. You want to spend time with them? For sure. Mm-hmm. You want to accept them? These yes. These are the things I'm hearing you say. <laughs> I'm so glad you're saying this because this is easier. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, so I want to trust them. I want them to see, I want to be reliable, like do what I say I'm going to do, mm-hmm. provide for their needs that I see mm-hmm. I can provide for seek out time together, show them they're a priority to me, accept them. Yes. Right. And so when we're in a situation where we start to get afraid and feeling rejected, we're pulling away from those values. You can see how you pull away from those, right? You stop mm-hmm. them. You're not as reliable. You're not accepting them. Right. 
Right. So already yeah, we know, this is what I want to step back into. So if I want to feel like I can welcome these situations instead of being scared of them, if I want to welcome these situations where one daughter says, I want dad to do it. What are the things that you're going to have to remind yourself of in those moments? Oh man, even just like thinking about it makes my stomach drop a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to start with what you said, which was like, just kind of experience it as a emotion or a feeling instead of feeling like it's me. So, okay. So I'm like feeling jealous, but I don't have to be jealous. I would try to bring up, um, my trust for them and like faith in my relationship with my daughters that we're solid and we spend time together and also try to think of like they do spend a lot of time with me and I can understand that they would want to spend time with someone else, mm-hmm. which is dad in this case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so trusting in them, do you, do you ever like you have two daughters, so this is a great ex- experiment for you. Do you think that if you spend time with the one, the other one's like, well, mom doesn't love me anymore. <laughs> I mean, sometimes kids do, no. right? <laughs> yeah, they definitely, my youngest one, um, she's not yet a year and a half, but anytime I read my older daughter a book, like in my lap, she'll kind of cry and is jealous too. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, I feel ya. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But what do you know as the mom? Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, both. Mm -hmm. Just as much. Right. So you can also see how it would be true for like your four-year-old who wants Mm -hmm. to have right now, but also just loves mom just as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good perspective to think about it. Your love for one daughter doesn't take away from the other daughter. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. There's so much love to go around. Can you see how that's true? Yeah, I yeah, I can. But I just need to get myself feeling like that. <laughs> and that's okay. Like what would be a step up? If you feel like that's too far to see that there is so much love to go around. Look at this loving family of four. Oh, we're just like swimming in love. Like if that's too far, <laughs> what would be like the next step up from this isn't rejection? What would be the next step up there? Maybe just acceptance. Like accepting the situation, um, not like sugarcoating how I feel, but seeing that it's okay mm-hmm. and that um, like I'm still going to be complete and whole even without their preference. I guess it comes down to an identity piece of like, I am, you know, beloved of God and like no matter who is on my team or isn't. Like, I'm still going to be okay. So mm-hmm. I guess a step up from rejection would be like accepting it, experiencing it as a feeling instead of taking it as an identity. Mm, yes. Yeah. Tell me what makes your relationship with your kids so special? What do you do that nobody else does? I, well, time spent is just like, you know, everything you don't know everything but you know most things you know like when people are trying to figure out what they're saying or talking about you know they always look 
at me and I'm like able to translate. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. we watched Paw Patrol today and she's being this character or, you know, say, even saying words when my little one was, or my older daughter was younger, kind of actually translating words and speaking up for her. Um, and just little tiny memories throughout the day. Um, things that they probably won't even remember, but I will. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's cool to spend this time with them. What role do you think you're playing in their life that nobody else can play? I feel like I have a big role, which would be modeling. I think they learn so much about the world and relationships and God and friends through me only because I'm the primary caretaker also through my husband when he's around, but like they are seeing the world as we model it, Mm -hmm. especially with the um, quarantine thing when they're not getting out, we're not seeing as many friends. We're not doing, you know, the church activities as we were. It's like, they're really getting most of their experiences from us through us with us so i i feel like i want to model what they should see so i feel like i have a big job in terms of trying to model you know a christ-like life Mm -hmm. for them yeah like you're their person (laughs) yeah right you're their safe place you're their reference point Mm -hmm. and as we all know, as adults, that doesn't go away. Even Mm -hmm. if we don't come to them all of the time, we still come back to them in their minds and in our hearts about what we've been raised with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. What things do you do? I like to make this list for fun. When my kids (laughs) are like 25 and they're all together, what are they going to laugh at and be like, do you remember when mom did this or how mom would always do this? What do you think are some of the things that your kids are going to remember about the mom you are? (laughs) Probably that I always drag them outside for walks or runs in the cold. Um, (laughs) Like I really love being outside, but where we live, it's really extreme. So it's either like super sweaty, hot, humid, or it's freezing cold and windy, but (laughs) we have to get outside because I don't know. It does something for me and I feel like kids do better outside. So probably dragging them out in the elements. Oh, we could laugh at and um, just yelling random stuff outside when I'm excited or, you know, mm-hmm. the sun shining or I think I actually learned this from you was the Sisu word. Um, and just like we yell that when it's really cold and we're outside <laughs> and just like being silly and little games that we pretend and play you know that are like kind of traditions and yeah just little little memories yeah and like you say right now you feel like you're holding all those memories but no doubt that these are going to be memories that your kids hold as well and then ones we don't even expect you can think of your own parents that you've been like I can't believe mom and dad used to do this or that I had a conversation <laughs> with my siblings too yeah <laughs> but what I want you to take from that is you are a totally unique experience in their world. You provide things that nobody else can. Hmm. And so does your husband. Two totally uh-huh. different unique experiences. What a treat that your kids get both. Mm-hmm. So this takes away the comparison of what he is that I'm not. And it 
gives you recognition of what I am and appreciation for what I am and what he is. And they're two mm. different lists that are uncomparable, incomparable. Mm. I don't know the right word. They are two yeah. totally separate lists. It's apples and oranges. My kids get both. I have never thought about it like that. That's really helpful. So as you want to feel more excited about the relationship that's developing between them, this totally unique experience that they also get, how else can you remember that it doesn't take away from you? Hmm. I guess just seeing that he is going to offer like a different lens to be through or um, be reflected in than I would offer. Mm-hmm. Like we, all, I don't want to say biases, but we have our, you know, our ways of thinking or doing or expecting that are, even though we're very similar, my husband and I, they're different. Mm-hmm. So, and it's good to have different influences in your life. Tell me more about why that's good. Why is it good for <laughs> two totally different parents to learn from? Even if your husband's doing something and you don't really agree with it, why is it still good for them? Oh man, yeah. I mean, first of all, just raise conversation. Like, you know, why? I just seeing things from other people's points of views. Mm-hmm. And my four-year-old already does that. Like, she'll bring up, well, you know mommy said to do it like this or something like that. And then we can either talk through like, well, okay, why did I say that? And why did he choose to do it this way? I think it promotes like seeking to understand other people Mm -hmm. and being, you don't have to agree with them to relate. Yeah. Those are really good lessons to teach our kids that we don't all have to be robots and be the same. That's even within a family, there's unique experiences and unique views and they're mm-hmm. all going to challenge us and they're all going to make us appreciate the differences. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to raise like, I know they have their own personalities, but I also don't want them to be just like me. Mm-hmm. I want them to have their own dreams and beliefs and ideas and opinions and feel free to share those. Right. And that's another value that you probably have in parenting. That's another really amazing quality you bring to motherhood because not all moms want that or can make that happen. I don't know Mm -hmm. if there's a word for it, but just wanting to uncover who your kids are instead of Mm -hmm. trying to mold them in who you want them to be. Yeah. It's a metaphor that might help that I was just thinking of when we talked about apples and oranges. It's thinking of your kids and who they go to mom or dad in their day is like choosing what they're going to eat. Sometimes I'm going to eat the chicken and sometimes I'm going to eat the the apple. Like I need both Mm -hmm. of these to have a rounded diet. I need both of Mm -hmm. these. If I'm just eating one all the time, I'm not going to be fully healthy. Right. Mm -hmm. So that might be a helpful preference. Like, Oh, it's not that they, you know, even when you choose something to eat, let's say you're choosing from a menu. It's not that you hate one item on the menu. So you're going to choose the other. It's like, okay, this is the one I'm going to go with this time. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Those are good images. I feel like those type of um, analogies are going to be easy to come up with at the time when my jealousy is bubbling over. It's going to be like, okay, apples, oranges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm an orange or whatever you want to eat. <laughs> something cool nectarine I don't know (laughs) 
And then I hope that's going to start to move you towards seeing the abundance. Because what do we know is true about love, about the love in the world? Is there a limited supply of it? No. Especially within a family, right? Especially within a family that loves abundantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just kind of like clogging up the drain of yeah. the love right. swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs> right. But the water never runs out. That's what we want to see. Yeah. If we show up with that, right? So coming back to your values of trust and being reliable, spending time together, accepting them, and and then really like accepting you that, hey, Mm -hmm. I am kind of an awesome mom. I do these cool things. It's my list. It's my way of showing up. My husband has his own awesome things. Thank goodness I picked him to marry because he is awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. (laughs) Instead of making it a comparison, making it a practice of recognition and appreciation. For him? For both of you. Okay. Right. So the type four, because they seek to be unique, that sometimes we can use comparison as a way to make us unique in what we have or what we don't have. Right. Okay. But it's not helping to use your husband to compare against. To show I'm definitely, you. yeah, I'm definitely comparing against him. That is true. Right. Yeah. So to see your uniqueness, you have to see it within you singularly as a person, regardless of what other people are doing or not doing. Hmm. Okay. So that takes time to just be paying attention to that and honoring that. And like you say, you could just make a list right here of like three things that you do with your kids. They're going to remember dragging them outside, like get excited yelling, the games that you guys play that are tradition, like you already have this uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just trying to take it all in. Oh man, I'm kind of new to the Enneagram thing. Um, so I'm still, I'm not fully well-versed in what a type four is, mm-hmm. but this is helpful because I, I'm feeling challenged when you say like, don't compare myself to like, find my uniqueness within myself. I'm trying to decipher what that looks like, um, like how to do that. Mm-hmm. But really it's just thinking of like, what I, what I am doing instead of looking around me, right? At others. Absolutely. Yeah. Coming back to what am I actually doing and honoring, okay. that, acknowledging that. Okay. And, and this can move forward into your motherhood mantra. How, how do you want to feel? about your motherhood like all right friends we are wrapping up this with part three head on over there when you are ready 